let's just say I like a girl that rides a horses, cause I know she's stable. <laughs> I'm such a fool. All right, welcome to episode two hundred two. I think you know the episode numbers are very subjective based off circumstances. Welcome to episode two hundred two of the Often Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell on all apps. But most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Oh, Jesus. Recording this on June 16th, 2023 at about 4.08 a.m. Eastern. I'm always transparent because apparently in sports, being a transparent. It's only convenient for your convenience. Alright, Clint. Just uh, shut the fuck up. Um, but yeah. Major distribution labels call me. Bad Bunny. It's a robbery. 500 mil just for Aubrey. Um, but yeah. Oh, Jesus. I'm a man who has high standards of life. I'm a man who has low standards of life as well. I'm someone that either things are very well or very not so well. I'm so crazy, but I'm just a little unwell. I know right now you really don't care. Um, But I'll give you a match the box with this 20-inch femur. Um, (laughs) I'm such a fool. But anyways, Jesus. Uh, but yeah. I don't know if I said it, but don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe to the Often Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. And don't forget to suck some titties. But yeah, I've been listening to the Marcellus Wiley on YouTube. Um, he's a former Fox Sports slash ESPN analyst slash personality, whatever the fuck you want to classify as. And now he has his own podcast on Brinks TV or whatever the hell it's on. And he covers the real topics that I feel like on Speak for Yourself and other shows he was on he could never really cover. And he's always been one of my favorite analysts. Not be not just because he's a former player, not just because he brings a objective analytic point of view to things. But because he has those type of real perspectives of life that actually feels like personable. And so one thing I appreciate about his new, his new show, I think it's called The Marcellus Wiley Show or Wileyisms. So he'll cover really uncomfortable topics, but I, which I think is very important if you're going to cover a very specific aspect of sports. Now, he predominantly covers sports, right? So, if we're going to cover sports, you got to cover very uncomfortable topics. And I saw a video earlier where he covered Trevor Bauer being accused for a, I think, a fourth assault, like a sexual assault thing, right? And obviously, the reason why he's out of the MLB is because he got suspended for essentially, quote-unquote, sexually assaulting a woman and all that stuff. And look, we don't know if it happened or not, but of course 
to what the information has come out, it seems like a lot of stuff was very wishy-washy. It seems a lot of stuff was very consensual. It seems like a lot of stuff based off the text messages were basically, hey, um, this wasn't a one-sided affair. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not accusing or whatever one person, but what I will say is, like he said, I think something he said in, in his show, is that it's funny how when someone, we, we assume innocent is proven guilty, but we don't assume that the guilty is proven until innocent. Meaning, just because someone accuses something doesn't mean they should be exonerated of all charges. Um, but we assume that whoever is being charged is more presumptive to being guilty of what took place. And so Trevor Bauer now plays in Tokyo, right? And now he's being accused of a fourth lawsuit. I think it was third or fourth lawsuit. And the person supposedly accused him of unplanned pregnancy. Here's my thing about when someone says, I accuse you of an unplanned pregnancy. Um, Unless you were legitimately, which she did not state was happening, that you were, she admitted that it was consensual. But an unplanned pregnancy. But it's funny how it was unplanned until it was all of a sudden a, uh, they had a miss, what is it called? A misconception or they had a, um, essentially during the pregnancy, they essentially had a, um, you know, a mistrial. That's not a good term to use. That's like, <laughs> but they essentially had a, uh, a situation where things didn't follow through, right? Let's just use that. And I find it interesting that... And I kind of agree with him on the take that it's funny how we find things guilty until proven innocent, but we just assume that the innocent will always be innocent regardless of the verdict. And it's an interesting situation because all these situations with Trevor Bauer happened in the 2020, 2021 range and all that stuff years ago. But somehow... As he stated, it's a domino effect. It's like, hey, it definitely seems like a money laundering case at this point. Now, I know this is an unpopular opinion. It's not the demean uh, people that are speaking out against things that they feel wronged about. But I think something, when it looks like the way it is, there's a reason. And Trevor Bauer apparently be putting the bells around these uh, ladies. Um, <laughs> not funny, but kind of funny. But yeah, all I'm saying is, I don't know about this whole Trevor Bauer situation, but all I'm saying is, this man throws a mean, mean curveball. Um, maybe that's kind of what got him into this situation. There's a lot of curves into the ball of the point. All right. Uh, but yeah. Um, preparation, right? I want to talk about. I don't know why. But I want to talk about preparation for anything you do. Preparation is this fine line between being too prepared and being unprepared. For this podcast, right? I am someone that I like to listen and watch things before I 
press record and talk about things. And although that is great in theory, I think the fascination with that is, can you be too prepared to be interesting for something? Do you get too in your head about certain things? Do you truly understand what's taking place, right? Um, And I would say, I think preparation is very subjective in the simple fact that there are plenty of episodes and podcasts that have plenty of preparation. There are plenty of podcasts that seem like, not the saying that there isn't, but that they, it's very flawless. It's very seamless, the preparation for the task that's at hand. So, I think preparation is one of those things that's only really necessary when other compounding factors is dependent on your preparation. Because when you are an individual and you understand that preparation is very dependent on how you operate, who knows you better than you? Absolutely fucking no one. I don't care if you're mama's boy. I don't care if you're dad's boy. No one knows you better than you. And preparation is one of these things that people want to latch on to. People want to make them feel like that they have a contributing factor to preparation. Um, my experience with preparation is that preparation truly inspires a fascinating aspect to you that maybe you would not have caught in real time. But what preparation does is that it will make you think about what is truly interesting of what the fuck you have to say. And that's okay. I am a pro fat I am a pro preparation person. Here's the thing about when you do Audio speaking. I look at it as like radio, right? Colin Cowherd is my favorite sports um, analyst, sports radio host of all time, to be transparent. I have two of his books that should tell you everything you need to know. I'm not saying I've read every word, but I have them. So, but one constant theme of all of, of when you listen to him speak. And some that you hear about people that work with them speak. Because if you're truly interested in getting better at something, you don't listen to the individual person. You listen to individuals that work with that person. Because they will tell you the real spill of after they work with them and all that stuff. Because they don't have incentive to protect the brand. They don't have, protect the, they don't have incentive to protect the Goliath at hand that makes a shitload of fucking money. Um... And Colin Cowherd, one thing that has always inspired, he truly inspired me to want to become a radio host one day, which is still a very real thing that I want to accomplish one day, is to go on a radio show and be a host of something for about four months. Because I don't want to be restricted, but do something for four months and then do it as a podcast, because it probably has more financial benefit. But anyways, um, what it takes to be interesting in your opinion, I think is very real and is very, um, and is very lively. 
and what you have to say. Colin Cowherd, to me, is the best radio sports host in the business, even to this day. Because you will tune into his show, regardless if you like him or really fuck with him. You will tune into his show to be like, hey, there's a perspective I'm going to hear from this person that may be absurd. But at the very least, it will be interesting. And the worst thing you could be in this life is uninteresting. And I think that's what you truly learn from this business of content. Of truly from this business. Of actually incentivizing people to want to fucking hear what you have to say. Is to be uninteresting. When you are uninteresting, let me tell you what it does for you. And when you are uninteresting, you are one of those... In the YouTube channels, it says ESP in Milwaukee. You have 700 views in five days. I'm not in no position to be complaining how many views someone has in a certain amount of days. But I have a feeling if you have attached ESP into your name and you have 700 views in five days, there's something wrong with what the fuck you're doing. Because you will accidentally put ESP in your title. And get a couple thousand views. Like that's just how this shit works. And I'm so. And it is fascinating to me. How people work so hard towards things. Of being a part of something. Instead of creating something. And I'm not the. Oh this is what creators are supposed to do. To be uh, appealing to a mass appealing audience. But what I am saying. Is that in order to have people give a fuck about you. Uh, maybe. Just maybe. Be more interesting. And do cocaine with the bears. Um, Not really. Um, maybe I should call it cocaine cats. Because <laughs> that's a CC. That stands for closed caption. And subtitles are... Not very transparent on the YouTube algorithm. Um, <laughs> but any jizz. Um, if I were a comedian, I honestly think I would be like Mark Norman. Mark Norman is my personal favorite podcaster slash comedian. I feel like we pick comedians, we pick podcasters that slowly... And gradually relate to our personality. But not only our personality. But they talk about things that we honestly feel. Have a true grasp of who we are as a person. And I feel like Mark Norman speaks on very being a isolated social anxiety. Or being a social um, deprivation type of person. That he speaks for the on the fringe, um, what are they called? Um, fucking Asperger's people. Um, I'm not saying I'm a percentage of Asperger's. All I'm saying is, is that when I try to talk to an individual, it's tough sledding. Um, it's like trying to push a. 400 pound sled 
but you've only been training for a few months for the Olympics. It is not a result for winning. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I honestly feel like that there's a common trend in today's society to seek type of information or advice or comedic type of understanding that relates to our personality. I don't think that's necessarily all bad, but I'll admit that I feel like it probably limits our potential for our comfort zones that we're willing to expand. I am someone that I love me some offbeat, off-the-cuff, corny humor. But at the same time, I feel like maybe I rely on it to be comfortable in the world that I kind of revolve myself around. So, anyways, if I were to wing a mouse around a cat, maybe they would crawl and feel like, damn, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because, um, you know, turtles are slow, but I'm a shell of myself. <laughs> I'm such a fool. But it's funny how all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are named after painters because they're considered freedom expressionists of artists. What about a turtle? Is art. They smell like absolute shit. Well, I guess artists sometimes. Like, if you ever met a broke artist, like painter or musician, they smell really bad like a turtle. And a turtle's aquarium smells like absolute shit. Like, I had a niece... They had a turtle named Squirt. Which is kind of weird when you have a niece. Naming something named Squirt. Because, uh, you know, incest is real these days. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus, Clint. This is why your videos get blocked from the YouTube algorithm. But maybe, just maybe, incest is really what keeps the world going. Just maybe. It's incestual. Um, <laughs> but no, turtle food is absolutely egregious. It smells like pum pum with a little sperm in the belly button. Um, it is not appetizing. It's not at all. Um, I don't know if you've ever fed a turtle, but they're snapping at you. They're little snap snapperoo. It's kind of like Billy Matt, or not Billy Matt, Happy Gilmore, tap, tap, tap a root. Um, by the way, I watched a video about Adam Sandler. He may be one of the most underrated, generous, like, like truly giving people in the uh, acting or in the I don't even know how to put it. Like the producing space. This man literally built. He got fired. Adam Sandler got fired from Saturday Night Live. Right? Like not after. Like after like literally a year or two. Maybe a couple years. And this man is just all of a sudden like. Hey how about I just make my own fucking movies. And work with a company that sees my vision. And all of a sudden he has these Back to back to back to back to back to back, baby. Bankers. He is the Drake of acting. Because he can make shit himself. 
and people like it, then he can start kind of making things for the mainstream and people fucking like it. And he has all these like mid-budget but successful movies. Like, let's talk about it. I don't know the years or range, but let's just talk about Adam Sandler's biggest movies that are actually worth the shit, right? Like, he has Billy Madison. He has Happy Gilmore. Little Nicky is kind of like a, a niche thing. But it's still a thing. Um, he has Big Daddy. He has a... I'm trying to think. I mean, like, obviously, in recent, the past decade, he has Grown Ups. All the Grown Ups franchise. That's his type of Avengers. Grown Ups is Adam Sandler's comedy adventure, when you really think about it. Adam Sandler is really one of the most successful... Underrated producers and actors of movies in control of what the fuck he's putting out there. And in the past couple years on Netflix, he had Uncut Gems where he was featured in some different. And he likes to dabble in this drama type of shit and he's actually really fucking good at it. It's funny how like when you let people dictate what the fuck they do, how good they are at it, and you don't try to fit them into a box. It's crazy how that shit works. Um, but yeah, Adam Sandler may be one of the most underrated Hollywood actors, producers, directors, comedians, whatever the fuck you want to classify him as. In maybe the past 100 century of years from success standpoint. Because the thing is, like, it's not this direct humor. It's not these direct... The thing with Adam Sandler, right? It is not these direct jokes where, like, Bill Burr, like, Hey, Nia, come over here and give advice about... It's like this thing that has this long-standing test of time. And that's the thing, like, Adam Sandler was not actually very successful on Saturday Night Live. But when you... When he had full direction and he had to fit into a box, you got to see the full picture of who he is. Damn, maybe I'm the Adam Sandler podcast. Um, maybe giving myself a little too much credit, but not really. Oh, and he was in a fucking, what's that, football movie? Um, the Longest Yard. The remake of The Longest Yard. He was in a lot of shit. But yeah, Adam Sandler. Funny guy. It's just kind of weird how this world we live in. We want to classify and pigeonhole people. Kind of like pigeon shit. On my shoulder. Which reminds me. I need to clean my car. But cleaning car is for people who don't get pussy. Um, not really. But hey. Tell yourself what you want to hear to make yourself feel better. That's the world that we live in. God damn it, Ollie. You be drinking shit so fucking loud. You be drinking it so loud, you be sounding like a 19-year-old eating pussy for the first time. Um, <laughs> I'm such a fool. I don't know how any of this will ever reach the podcast audience. But that booty be shaking. I know you be traking. I know you be like drinking Toronto, being like God forsaken. Um... But yeah, whoo, yeah, can I, I remember one time I saw, girl, 
take a minute. Minute, minute, Lloyd. Um, Lloyd was someone. I don't know if his last name is Banks. I feel like that's right. But Lloyd, the R&B artist. Can I be your friend? This is how it bends. And the artist said, get a shot, get a shot, get a shot. Um, I saw him one time at a park nearby where I live. I'm not going to give the location. But all I got to say is, he decayed his greatest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Lloyd is one of the most underrated R&B artists of probably this decade. But I guess I'll bring that up because I think Summer Walker said Mel R&B is dead. And although that may be true, I would just say R&B, we don't have to classify as Mel R&B. R&B in general is pretty dead. Like, it's funny as someone like Summer Walker saying male R&B is dead. When female R&B is dead, too. We're going to be really honest about it. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. Let's stop put that out there. But, um, yeah. I'm like Aladdin pulling the rug under your coochie. Because you haven't shaved in a while. And next thing you know, I'm trying to smooch you. Um, <laughs> and you're a hoochie, mama. Oh, Jesus, Clint. I'm on one. But you know what me and Drake have in common? We high six you, not high five you. Because I need to make sure you get a pointer for me. Alright, Clint. You are really... Really digging deep. But yeah. um, I truly feel. That I am someone. That. When I hear people talk about how. Shitty. The world is. I look at them and be like. So don't you contribute. To that. If you're going to hold everyone accountable for how much we are responsible for circumstances, how much we don't do enough, if the world is shitty, how do you contribute to that? Just a thought. Um, Any jizz? um, Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, you know, I'm so glad I'm off social media. And I think the weird thing is like YouTube is considered something that's not social media, but it really is actually because you get screenshot. People literally have TikTok and Instagram videos, compilations on YouTube. So it technically is a social media. Anything you watch or consume on the internet, I guess is considered social media. But... I don't know what the issue is with this Home Depot girl. But there's this Home Depot girl. And I don't know the big inside story. But apparently she posted on her Instagram or TikTok. She posted a picture in her uniform. Which, honestly, I'll admit, is problem number one. You should probably never post a picture that displays what you do for your occupation. Right? Because it just opens the floodgates. 
you're opening the ability for your job to be like, hey, you are, you are trying to, um, what's the word to use? You're trying to popularize or you're trying to publicize our brand to enhance yours, which is a real problem. Like, I actually kind of get that. But anyways, apparently she was posting pictures on Instagram or whatever with her Home Depot little apron on, right? So you know she'd be laying the wood on. Um, <laughs> can I be your friend? Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, um, and it caused this whole thing where she got popular about, like, it's not even anything she said or did. Is the comments. It is people's reaction to her. Being a beautiful. Fit. Sexy. Motivated woman. In this society. um, (laughs) Wearing a Home Depot apron. With her name on. Saying my name is blank. Um, (laughs) And. I kind of found it. Interesting. For the simple fact that. One, it became this sex worker OnlyFans craze. Where it's like, oh, because all these dudes were commenting. See, this is what a real woman that we are attracted to are, right? A fit woman doing honest work, not selling her body and all that shit. But apparently she admitted to taking tips from older men who would compliment her at Home Depot, which I think maybe been the bigger stir, the fact that she accepted tips from a job that pays you a salary or a wage that is not tip wage. So I think that may become the issue. So, okay, fair enough. But then all these OnlyFans, quote-unquote actresses, are models, as we like to call them. Try to shame her and be like, you know, you realize what you're doing is actually really a form of sex work. It's called Demodome or whatever the fuck these bitches try to call this shit. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's like, yes, she may be accepting tips from old desperate men coming in, complimenting how pretty she is and all that shit. And it may be a little creepy. But it's not the same as you showing your poom poom for the swoon swoon to make sure they like, damn, she got the broom broom that I want to sweep her off her feet. And paying 15 bucks a month for your average OnlyFans subscription. And then she made a reaction video, a quote unquote, of all the comments, be like, hey, I just don't believe in selling my body. I don't believe in that type of lifestyle. And then that made these bitches even more mad. And I like to call these women bitches, but when you put yourselves in positions to be looked at as someone who just looks at yourself as a individualistic, as a person that just sells a specific aspect of yourself, you know what? I feel no problem calling you bitches. Because you know what? If I'm paying 20 bucks a month to see your poom poom, I'm not looking at you as a lovely lady. I hate to break it to you. Um, but yeah. 
And she basically said, like, yeah, I'm not a sex worker. I don't believe in that stuff. And all these sex workers came out like, oh, you don't realize what you're doing is actually the same thing. It's like, yeah, except her vagina isn't getting penetrated by strangers for money. So, yeah, there's a pretty big difference. She's not exposing her nude body for money. So, yes, there's a pretty vast difference. But it's funny these mental gymnastics of people. That do things for a living to make other people feel bad. And then, here's where Twitter and Instagram have become the worst things in the world. They say, oh, it's funny how this $15 an hour worth of bitch has audacity tell people who make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year doing something that she wish she can do. And she could have just started a business, but no, she's a dumb bitch. Except, the reality is, the average OnlyFans... Model, quote-unquote, or actress, makes around $180 a month. So what they don't realize is that actually they are the exception, not the rule. And what she's doing is actually a more stable income. But now that you've told her she's not X, Y, and Z, she will probably, if she ever were to start one, be making more money than you. So you know what? As uh, DJ Khaled would say... You played yourself, bitch. Um, So yeah, I will always prefer a Home Depot girl who knows how to cut some wood, who knows how to measure some paint, and knows how to inhale some of that tanked. Um, Because girl, you know I ain't. And if I were to smell your pussy, I might faint. Because you know, paint chemicals, very strong. Um, (laughs) But the moral of the story is, We live in a culture where people are always ready to chastise, judge, and try to make people feel like that, oh no, they got to feel over-defensive of what they do for a living. It's like, no one was even sitting there questioning what you do for a living. But the second you questioned a lovely lady for making an honest living, you damn right I have a fucking problem. So yeah, I love this woman. Not literally. But you get the gist. But yeah. Um, can I be your friend? I remember back then, day. You know what's funny? is like when I grew up, the only thing you would think about Home Depot is making some spaceship wooden airplanes on the weekends when they would have kid building toy events. And nowadays, it's like, hey. Is the girl that's telling you where the gloves at? Are they an OnlyFans model? That's the world we live in, man. Um, and apparently she got fired for it. So that tells you the world we live in. It's like, hey, you're not a sex worker. So you know what? You're the one that's the problem in society. And I'm not anti-sex worker. Because I'm always pro of dudes getting what they need to get off. To not cause more harm in their life. But. Don't. Inebriate. Or don't fuck up the people that are trying to make it an honest living. That's my thing. But any jizz. Um. But yeah. So. When I went to pick up a pizza earlier. And I promise this has a purpose. It was an older man at the counter, a dude that's probably been through some things in his life, been humbled and probably not very satisfied with the job he's working. 
I went and ordered a couple pizzas, and he looked at me as I was waiting to pay, and he'd be like, man, you know, and he did the whole curling sign. He's like, you know, I bet you'd be a lifting, you'd be lifting some stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Um, it's kind of weird, right? Like, I know this is going to sound like first class problems, but when you're a physical specimen, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> you sense the attention you get. As a man that goes to the gym regularly, when you go to the gym at very specific parts of days where people of your age range, people who actually give a shit about training, and they see you train like, damn, look at this guy. You sense it. And it's hard not to build your ego, but you gotta, you know, you gotta check yourself. But when this man at this pizza place looked at me, and I saw it in him, like, man, you know, if I ever looked like that, I would get all the bitches in this Jets pizza. Um, <laughs> this never-ending flow of constant employee fluctuation we have in this place. I would get all the ladies that are barely 19 in this place. And you know what? I felt for the man. He seemed like a hard-working man. He seemed very enthusiastic when he took my order. All I can say is, man, you know what? Instead of complimenting someone else's body or physique, build it yourself like you do those pizzas and like you do my money. And you will get all the return in favor. But yeah, stop put that out there. Reward without... Incestual effort is like accepting a stimulus check without reasonable effect. Damn, that actually sounds like it makes sense, but I'm not sure if it does. But I feel like it does. But it needs um, If you ever snore around a bear, just know... Sleep is a bare necessity. <laughs> oh, necessities. Um, and if you were to slip a jungle book under their slip of a dick, you will know that, baby, life is rip. And that kind of brings me to this Crystalia situation. It, here's the thing, right? Here's why accusations, as I was talking about earlier with the Trevor Bauer, Marcellus Wiley, show talking about that here's the thing it's like when someone's accusations and they've never denied it or there's some real effect and crystal lee has except the fact that all of his relationships were consensual blah 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 all these extra details are coming out they extorted some money here's the thing about these situations is that um they completely change how you listen to someone like when he does these behind the tour shows or when he does podcasts, which I will say, his podcast with Rick Glassman, Crystal Lee with Rick Glassman, I actually felt like some real genuine effect. I felt some real genuine understanding of a man that's going through something, which I think a lot of men 
can understand when a man is going through his own personal demons and it's out in the open and it's public and all that shit. Like, that is something that is real. But, with that being said, it's kind of weird listening to someone joke about anything sexual in nature, anything about fucking, anything about anything that relates to the things that they are kind of being publicly criticized or ostracized for. And just be like, oh yeah, that's funny. Like, no, it's kind of actually weird. I'm not saying he's got to change his whole act. I'm not saying he's got to change his type of humor. What I am saying is like, it's okay to look at someone and be like, hey man, I look at you different and you've got to be okay with that. I'm someone that once I know certain things about something or someone, it will just natural human effect change the way you look at them. I know we live in this culture where we just look past demons, we look past problems, and that's great in theory. But realistically, that's just not realistic. Um, Flaws stick out more than strengths. Because flaws can be nitpicked, flaws can be attacked, strengths can't really be improved. They can't really be intacted at from the outside. Who you are is who you are. And Chris D'Elia and all these comedians, and I think Theo Vaughn actually on the Joe Rogan podcast made a comment when he was on. It's like, hey, look, man. If you're a 35-year-old comedian, you can't be dating 17-year-olds. At least that's what I've heard. And him being attached to the King and Sting show where he was a part of and all that shit. Him being a close friend to when they were on the fighter. When they would appear on the fighter and kid. Like, they always have very close connection. It's like, when people who are close to you are openly just being like, Hey, man, like, this shit's kind of weird. And it can't be denied. Like it's really hard to look past that shit. And that's the thing. Like I watched him on the Rick Glassman podcast. And I saw a genuine dude who's real. And then you see him on his podcast. You see him in clips. You see how people talk. Like yeah you know this dude's kind of odd. It's kind of fucking weird. It's kind of this weird dilemma. Of, like what do I coincide with? If I were to know this person in real life. And that's the thing you gotta do. Because we don't know these people. If you don't know Crystalie in real life, how would you deal with this person in real action? And if I were to be around Crystalie, I'd be like, mm, I feel like I would get the creeps. He kind of seems like a guy that is very like, hey, it's like you're you have this personification of yourself that. You will make women do X, Y, and Z. But to be honest, if I were to look at you, the only thing that's very mainly about you is your height. And I feel like you could be easily shitted on and made feel down on regardless of whatever. And the only thing that's keeping you intact is your height. Like, yeah, I honestly feel like he would be someone that could easily be taken advantage of. Now, maybe he has resilience from his profession. Because in order to be successful at that profession, you have to take shit for years and years. Be told you're not this and that. 
So maybe he has a relentlessness that he's built an ego inside of himself that, hey, if I want this, I can get it. And he would use his fame and his shows as a way to meet up with these ladies. Which is probably not uncommon at all. Problem is when you're married and then you have kids all in that process. You had a kid in that process. And then they're going to use the kid as a marketing tool to change your life. It's really no different from Sam Hunt. Except Sam Hunt wasn't with under, underage girls. He just may have done some shit outside of himself to do X, Y, and Z. But hey, you know what? He's got another one on the way. And that's the thing, right? What kind of creates this weird... If you are married to a woman, what kind of creates this situation where when there was so much fuckery that happened around having the first child with this person, what makes them comfortable having a second child with this person? And when you look at these celebrity situations, whether it's Chris Lee or now I watched a video earlier with Sam Hunt. He's got a child on the way and I love Sam Hunt. But there's obviously a lot of iffy, iffy stuff with that. And you say what you want, but financial security is a real thing. And it's not just financial security, but it's the fact that there's going to be a consistent livelihood. Regardless of what this person's mishaps were. Because the reality is with a lot of these people. And to become a person who makes a lot of money, a person who becomes very successful, very driven in a very particular thing, it takes an obsession. It takes a thing in someone that may cause a lot of hurt to other people, a selfishness, an individualistic aspect that can also be very beneficial to everyone involved. And that's the cola, bitch. Um, but no, it's the cola truth, to be honest. And I think there's a truth in a lot of this stuff that's very uncomfortable. And that, you know, it's not saying that these women, all they care about is money. Because I actually don't think in these situations. But I think what causes people to stay in situations that normal circumstances they wouldn't. Is that, hey, there is a benefit in staying in this and looking past someone's demons and problems that is very beneficial to everyone involved. And because this person may feel so much guilt, they're willing to actually look at themselves and give more and more than they were before. So, moral of today's pod is that, hey, um... Enjoy life. Yeah. Alright. I don't know what else to say. There's a lot to say here. This podcast went by very, very fast. Because I don't know what I'm saying. But yeah, welcome to... That was episode 202, I think, of the Often Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, and the notification bell on all apps. Most important, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to suck some titties. Alright. Uh, but yeah. Enjoy this episode. Um, enjoy the work you put in. And understand that 
uncomfortable truths have uncomfortable realities to it. I guess that's the moral of today's pod because I don't remember the rest. All right, guys. Have a great, great, great day or night or morning. Because, boy, I'm like Alonzo the way I be mourning. Your way of looking at my future. All right. Woo. Reese's Puffs, Reese's Puffs.